0: Season finally over. Dynasty though, it never
1: stops. Yeah, Brett. Uh, what a fantasy season it was. Uh, I mean, power to every single person who won a fantasy championship. This was the year of all years. Uh, you went through probably everything to get this uh fantasy championship with all the injuries that went on in the NFL this year. So uh congratulations to those winners. But yeah, you said it. Dynasty never stops and and we keep rolling as the as the year goes on, Brett.
0: Yeah, it's pretty crazy just how many injuries piled up this year. And so uh I agree. I think that uh this one was definitely earned uh more than most years. And so, you know, kudos to all those people out there that won their championships, even you know play second or third uh may have cashed out on some on some prizes depending on your league um but yeah it's it's just been a crazy uh a crazy whirlwind and finally it's over but as i mentioned at the top dynasty never stops we are here to break down some of the biggest risers and fallers of the 2023 season guys who you know, came in and and we really didn't think they were going to be much. Then they surpassed our expectations. Or guys who we thought were going to be studs and absolutely disappointed. Um, and now they're questionable uh, here in the future. Before we get to that, please subscribe to us on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast, and give us the thumbs up. Uh, let's get to some quick news here as we approach Week 18. Um, and any comments that anybody has or questions, feel free to leave them in the comments, and we're going to try to get to as many as we can. Zach, let's first start out in Arizona. A couple notes here. Jonathan Gannon coming out on the team radio spot that he does weekly, saying that there is no doubt that Kyler Murray will be the Cardinals quarterback in 2024. Later in the interview, referring to him once again as the franchise quarterback, Kyler Murray. Uh, Zach, what do you make of this?
1: I mean, it's a it's a very big story, Brett. That was kind of one of the questions that we had coming into this year. Obviously, Kyler with the injury, the ACL last year, and and coming in halfway through this year, I, it's a it's a big big storyline, especially for the future of Kyler Murray. I think looking at it, it it makes a lot of sense, Brett, because uh, of course they had the the Houston Texans pick, so it kind of looked at it and and you looked at it and you said all right well maybe all of a sudden like they'll they'll get a two top picks in the top 3 but then all of a sudden Houston out of nowhere a lot of people were doubting Houston at the start of the season and they come out absolutely firing and they're in the playoff picture so now Arizona only has one pick up there they're in the top 5 or top 3 like they have one pick there and and it kind of makes sense as as Gannon said, like, Kyler is the guy. Why would you go away from a guy like Kyler if you drafted him number one overall? Yeah, it hasn't been as as pretty as some other franchise quarterbacks. But, I mean, this guy is still super young, still has a lot of time in the NFL. And barring injuries, like, it's going to be a, a solid career I think he'll have. And it, I think these comments are definitely big from, from Jonathan
0: Gannon, Brett. Yeah, I think I agree. With you, just you know, listen, you can't, you know, throw all your cards into the table and say, Yeah, listen, we're gonna go get a quarterback, we'll see. And then all of a sudden these lingering questions come about through the offseason, and then you don't get the quarterback. And now what happens? Um, you know, in the draft where you know the first couple picks are quarterbacks, the guy you don't want to get, he's there on the board for you, and then you're not comfortable taking him. So you have Kyler as your quarterback, like They're not going to say that. So of course he's going to come out and say that the player currently on his team is the guy is the man. Um, We've heard it across the board from numerous teams. Um, You know, we just think of the New York jets in the last couple of years where they were like, listen, Sam Darnold, he's the guy, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's the guy Uh, on and on the list goes. And then the quarterback carousel begins. And so I'm not saying that this is going to ultimately lead Arizona to pick a quarterback, I think that there's more pressing needs. I think that Kyler himself has proven that he is going to be this long-term answer there. Um, Obviously, they owe him a lot of money, and so they want him to be the long-term answer there as well. Uh, Right now, they're picking fourth, according to Tankathon, um, based off their record with the Bears are picking first, the Commanders are picking second, and the Patriots are picking third all three of those right now are mocked to be quarterbacks, Caleb Williams, Drake may and Jaden Daniels, which has Marvin Harrison jr. Going at the fourth pick. Um, I think they would be pretty happy at four if they can get Marvin Harrison jr. And pair him with Kyler Murray, pair him with Hollywood Brown. Um, you know, list goes on and on. Um, Trey McBride who also had an amazing year. Um, and I, I really think that that, that for them would set them apart, um, to take that next step, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. seems to be like this no doubt slam dunk, uh he will be really good prospect. And so yeah, I think that it's sort of Gannon hinting at that a little bit, but also, you know, trying to be realistic of what he's been told uh based off of money, because it all really does come down to that. They're not going to take an 84 million dollar dead cap hit for next year. That wouldn't make sense and help them progress forward.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, Brennan. just one more point on this. I mean, you talk about the seven games that Kyler Murray has come in. The first game that he came in was, was against the Falcons on November 12th. More than half of those games, four of those games, they have more than 24 points, Brett. So, I mean, this offense is kind of putting up points and they're getting things going. Uh, three of the last four weeks, they they've had over 24 points. So, I mean, just big stuff from this offense. And they've grabbed a couple wins, too. Like, you can't say, okay, well, Kyler Murray, like, oh, the injuries hurt him or something like that. Like, they're still rolling right now. They believe in this offense. They believe in this team under Kyler Murray. So uh, definitely an interesting story heading into the offseason
0: now. And just noted uh, he finished three weeks out of his seven games that he played to end this season uh, as a top-10 quarterback. And I think that from a dynasty standpoint – He's almost a buy low because we know that he can be a top five quarterback with that, uh, the way that he uses his legs. He really didn't use his legs as much this year because he was he was hurt. He was coming off the leg injury. And so finally gets a full off season of of uh recovery here instead of rehab. And you know, then he can actually relax himself and start himself back up in the spring and and get ready to go. And so I think that having an actual offseason where you're not rehabbing the whole time, definitely is going to have an effect on him heading into next year. Definitely should lead to some more rushing yards uh, for him as well. And so I actually factor him in as a buy low for a dynasty standpoint. He's only 26 years old, which I think not a lot of people really talk about because um, they're like, Oh, they want to move on from him. Yes. His size was a concern for a long time. I think that if he, if he had, the weapons of Hollywood Brown, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Trey McBride, he'd be okay.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. He's not even in the prime of his career just yet. So, uh still got a lot of time in the NFL, and why, why go away from that?
0: All right, so last news point here. Dalvin Cook released by the Jets. The news coming yesterday, uh, he had to clear waivers at 4 o'clock today, which he did. Nobody picking up his options, so he becomes a free agent which will allow him to go out and try to get a contract here with a contender, probably will sign with the practice squad first. So, you know, if you see practice squad, don't, you know, the alarm bell shouldn't be ringing. Um, He's going to sign with the practice squad, get elevated. Um, That's just kind of how the, how the league's been working nowadays with this new practice squad rule since COVID. Um, Zach, do you make anything of this with Dalvin's dynasty value?
1: Uh, Not really, Brett. I, I think there's, there's, You've seen from Dalvin recently on the jets that it just wasn't working out. And, and he was not, it, he didn't look right, Brett. It did not look like he was a hundred percent. He also didn't look like he completely was a fit in New York. And also like the ages is getting up there, Brett. So I think looking at all three of those factors, I don't think it means too much. I think he can be, one of those like annoying kind of backup running backs where he'll take some carries away from a top guy. I don't think uh, though he's going to get a starter job. I don't think he's going to be able to do that anymore in his career. So I feel like his dynasty value definitely dropped a ton uh, because it's just kind of, okay. A, a, a stash guy, maybe if a guy gets injured, I think he's kind of one of those now rather than the Dalvin cook. we. Where we've kind of become used to where, okay, yeah, he can be a power running back and and make plays out of the backfield. I think those days are almost over, Brett.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I really think that, you know, when we looked at the redraft standpoint of where he where he has been, uh, we're talking about a guy who was like a number one pick at one point, you know, consideration, um, you know, whether he was going one, two, or three. Like he was in the top three of pretty much every draft. Uh, That was through the last couple of years. And then, you know, last year, he sort of slid a little bit towards the back end of the first round. Um, But then this year, all of a sudden, it was like, okay, well, Bruce Hall is going to be the guy, but not right away. And that was the caveat on on Dalvin, that Dalvin was going to be the guy right away until Bruce Hall uh, could come back from his torn ACL. And so there were people that were taking him in like the eighth round. And that was fair. It was a fair value for him um, at the time. And then Brees Hall comes into the season and just hit the ground running against the Buffalo Bills week one, Monday night football, Aaron Rodgers tears his Achilles four plays in and they have to go to Brees Hall to basically get Zach Wilson out of this, you know, rut. Um, they're not letting Zach Wilson throw the ball downfield, which we would later find out seemed to be the case for pretty much the entire season until the last couple of weeks here where they let him sling it. Um, but It was the Brees Hall show from the get-go. Dalvin, they would bring him in as a a change of pace back. He really wasn't that effective because he was sitting cold on the bench, and then he'd come in and get one rush and have to go run back to the sideline. So he would never really got a chance to be effective, I feel like, in New York. So, you know, the the New York tenure for him will be long forgotten just because I think that he's going to go to a contender now. They will use him the right way. I'm not saying he's going to be a workhorse back, but I think he will get uh, some carries if he can get the right landing spot. Um, that said, I think it's kind of interesting when we talk about the potential landing spots, and we we talked at the beginning of the season before he even signed, like Miami was a possibility. Like if they go to if they bring him into Miami, like you think about next year, Jeff Wilson Jr. is probably not going to come back. And then it's still a three-headed monster with Dalvin and Mostert and Devon Achan. Like, I don't know that that really does anything for Dalvin Cook's dynasty value. Um, you know, will he get paid and uh, he'll get to live at home and no income tax? Yeah, that's all great. And and it might do well for him. And he'll be able to cash out on, on some uh, payday and be able to play in front of his family. Like, that's cool. And then it'll be good for the NFL. Um, but as far as the fantasy value, I'm, I'm not sure it's ever going to get to Anywhere close to what it was?
1: Yeah, I I completely agree, Brett. I think he, like I said uh, at first, like I think he's going to be maybe one of those annoying backup running backs or stash guy. I don't think he'll ever really like fit in as a number one for the rest of his uh, career, however long that is. So it it really takes his fantasy value really away, uh, like in terms of redraft, in terms of dynasty. I just don't know where he's getting uh that big or that solid workload enough to put him in your fantasy lineup. I think those days are are really over. And um it could be a, a matter of years before we we get the retirement of Dalvin Cook. That's just where we're at right now uh with his situation in the NFL.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure he's gonna retire anytime soon, but you know, then again, you never know. Um but yeah as far as as far as the value goes it's not it's not looking great. Um this is just if you're a Dalvin owner in dynasty, you're not thrilled because obviously like you probably could have cashed out a little while ago. Um, Or if you did trade for him, then you probably bought on him a little too high um based on what his value was versus where it's going. Um, So, I mean, you hold it through the off season, I think we, we have to find out what the landing spot is. There are some, uh, some running back rooms that are going to be a little bit different looking next year, obviously. And, and there's a lot of free agent running backs out there. And so I think there's going to be the a bit of the game of musical chairs and we'll see where Dalvin lands and where some of these other guys land. Um, but if you're a dynasty owner, I don't know that you would sell him for peanuts. And I don't know that I would just outright drop him yet.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree, bro.
0: All right. So let's get into some of our risers and fallers from the dynasty perspective. Zach, let's first start out with some honorable mentions. We had an honorable mention for riser. We have an honorable mention for the Faller. These are guys that we just basically agreed on that weren't on our list that we were like, hmm, we probably should have put them on there as well. Um, so we do want to give them a shout-out. Let's first start out with honorable mention Brock Purdy. This is just a guy who we came into the season we were like, listen, he's a couple plays away from them going to Sam Darnold um, from them going to Trey Lance, and we saw that quarterback competition through the spring. We weren't sure who the starter was. Obviously, Purdy was coming off of an injury. Lance was coming off an injury, but was getting the first team reps. They ultimately go with Purdy. They trade Lance to the Cowboys. Um, and even then, we were like, wait a minute, Sam Darnold's there. He still might be you know, the backup to Sam Darnold. Totally silenced all the haters. Uh, we're talking about a guy who right now, is probably a, a startable, you know, quarterback in, in a dynasty setting.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Like one quarterback leagues, even like he's he's going to be yeah. a starting quarterback. The it everything that has gone in, you you can say everything you want about about San Fran's offense and how it's run, and um, but we haven't seen in the Jimmy Garoppolo days, like we haven't seen a quarterback really step up and be. A, a dominant fantasy quarterback in this offense. So Brock Purdy steps up and, and we had a lot of question marks at the start of the year Would the injury continue to, to hurt him. Was it gonna, is he going to be the guy like, could, is he good enough to be the guy he's proved everybody wrong. I know there's been a couple of games. Um, you can mention the the Cleveland game. You can mention the Baltimore game. Other than that, Brett, this guy has been unstoppable. He really has been a dominant quarterback and uh, a fantasy quarterback for the future, a quarterback in, in the NFL for the future. Uh, this guy's going to be here for a long, long time, uh, especially with, as long as Kyle Shanahan's coaching him up. Like they got a really, really talented quarterback. And and uh, to say that he was Mr. Irrelevant and they still got him um, and he's now their quarterback of the future. That, that's crazy to say, uh, but rightfully so. He's stepped up and and is definitely one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL heading into to next year in terms of fantasy, Brett.
0: Yeah, and I think they're largely going to return all of their offensive weapons. And I think that that's a really important thing uh, to mention here. We're talking about a guy who finished six times in the top ten. Um, And yes, when I said startable, I did mean in one quarterback leaves. Obviously, in Superflex, you've been starting him each and every week and uh, reaping the rewards of it if he's your second quarterback. Um, Yeah, he he could be a quarterback one right now, and it's just pretty interesting because it was a guy that a lot of people were trying to buy low on in this offseason, and he really just kind of won. He won that that trade for you, wherever you gave up for him, um, because it probably wasn't the equivalent of a quarterback one. Um, So, yeah, I mean – as far as it goes, obviously, Mr. Irrelevant, he's 24 years old, like rookie contract. And so there's a couple more years here. I'm sure that the uh, the San Francisco 49ers would love to extend him pretty quickly because that'll be the thing that'll come up in the next uh, year or so. And so, you know, I'm tr- I- I'm sure that the that there will be some sort of negotiation. They agree with him on a longer term deal at not a, not as much money um, where he gets a pay hike. Um just because I think they want to keep this thing rolling. And there weren't any injuries this year. And I think that's another big thing on San Francisco's offense. And obviously, knock on wood that that doesn't change next year. But, um, you know, somebody's bound to go down at some point. You just hope that it's not one of the big names. That's just sort of the nature of the NFL. Um, but as long as he's got everyone there, Purdy is, is a surefire quarterback one.
1: Yeah, 100%, Brett.
0: All right. So now we will just trade back and forth and I'll start with my first one here that I have on the risers. It's CeeDee Lamb, CeeDee Lamb, 24 years old. And there was a lot of, you know, hype about him as, you know, one of those like fifth or sixth, uh, when you start to rank the wide receivers in terms of value, You take a look at the game log and this dude just basically torched defenses. Um, he had three finishes in the top three. He had five finishes in the top five of wide receiver rankings, um, more than half of his finishes in the top 10. And I think that that's another importance that his target rate went up dramatically. He had double digit targets in pretty much every single week. Um, just scored a ton of touchdowns, 13 touchdowns on it, or, uh, I lied. It's 10 touchdowns on the year for him. Um, but he finished with 245 fantasy points across 17 weeks. I think that that to me says, okay, this guy is going to end up being a first round pick and redraft next year, probably towards the middle tier uh, just based off of uh, that. You'll probably still have your couple running backs up top, especially if you're in one of those leagues that drafts running backs. Um, but this is going to be a guy that's going to be right up there up top with Chase, with Justin Jefferson. Um, you could even argue that he he has a higher value now, than chase and probably about the same as justin jefferson based off of the unknown of justin jefferson's quarterback situation and and uh the known that we will get a contract extension this offseason for dak prescott
1: yeah brad i mean coming into this year cd lamb it was kind of like okay take that next step kind of deal uh we were waiting for that next step to to Certain certainly put him in that top top group and that top top tier. He was just in the tier below after last season. So all of a sudden now he he pops off. And yeah, I agree with you. He's right next to Jefferson. Dead even with him. Um, kind of in that like untouchable kind of territory, definitely now. Um, where unless you're getting a guy like Justin Jefferson, you're probably not giving up Seedley him. That's kind of the territory he's In right now, so uh, a monster year for him, and I'll I'll take things to things to my first riser, Brett, and it's James Cook because what a year it was for James Cook. And yes, it started off a little shaky, and we've had those kind of consistency problems, but this guy has certainly, definitely in the last like five weeks or so, Brett, definitely certified himself as the number one running back up in Buffalo. And they've had games where they focused solely around James Cook. So that's really, really important, especially in this offense where we never really could find that, that run the number one running back, excuse me. He's really solidified himself as that number one up in Buffalo. And uh, the age stands out. He's super young still. And in terms of dynasty, you can put him maybe in the top 10 of running backs because Looking ahead to the future, of course, we, we talk about the cliff of running backs. There's a lot of guys where that cliff is coming in the next year. So all of a sudden, a guy like James Cook has those that four or five years ahead, and you know he's probably going to be the top guy in Buffalo, barring any injuries or anything. Uh, a really, really solid season for him, and he's definitely a riser in, in my mind, Brett.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that James Cook, you know, as as a proud James Cook owner uh, who went out and and traded him, I bought low on him because I thought, listen, he was in a spot where they really were not featuring him at all last year. Um, Towards the end of the year, even, you started to see it turn a little bit. Uh, Finally, then this year, they got rid of uh, Zach Moss and um, I think it was Naheem Hines they also had on that team last year. And so... They have Lat Murray there. Listen, that role of him in the goal line, like it was a little scary towards the beginning of the season, where we were seeing them get towards the goal line or get within the ten yard line, um, and then James Cook would come off the field. We saw the fumbles in, in the first couple games of the season, um, pretty early, and he got benched a couple times, and then all of a sudden, like turned a corner, and it was it was you know full go from there. Four top ten finishes this season. And, you know, at 24 years old, I think this is a guy that they'll probably go out and get another guy. Um, but he totally outplayed Leonard Fournette and Lat Murray to the point where those last couple of weeks, they got within the 10-yard line and James Cook stayed on the field. And I think that that was, to me, the biggest progress that he could have made uh, from the very beginning of this season. Yeah, 100%. All right, so jumping to my next riser here, it is Trey McBride. 24 years old in his second season in Arizona. And we just talked about Kyler Murray and what we could have been, what we can end up seeing next year as far as their draft picks. But as far as Trey McBride, we sort of saw this coming a bit uh, towards the da- downstretch of last year. He finished as a top five tight end in the final six weeks of the season. And then fast forwarding now to when Kyler returns and he finishes four times in the top five of tight ends. And some of these were just like insane breakout games, um, multiple touchdowns and things like that. Um, So, you know, listen, he had double digit targets in, in quite a few games this year. Again, a 24 year old, probably towards the very top now of this tight end ranking, as far as dynasty goes. And it's because of his age, he's 24, and he's going to end up having the same quarterback next year, has that camaraderie. Um, and he seems to be leading his team in targets, which I think is another big deal. It's sort of like that volume Mark Andrews type role um, that we're seeing. And and another guy who we didn't just disclaimer, we didn't include any rookies in this. Um, So anybody saying, Hey, say Sam Laporta. Yes. Sam Laporta was a huge riser, but we did not include any rookies in this. I think, you know, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. There's a very good chance that based off of how we watched, the uh, T.J. Hawkinson injury, we watched uh, Kelsey get hurt as well. Like, and, and then, of course, he came back and he was not that good. Um, there's a chance that one, two in terms of dynasty startup drafts this this coming offseason are Trey McBride and Sam Laporta or Sam Laporta and Trey McBride um, over Travis Kelsey, over T.J. Hawkinson.
1: Yeah, I mean, you make a great point there, Brett. Uh, of course, Trey McBride. the. One of my favorites, the last couple of weeks and and really, really getting involved in this offense, especially with Kyler Murray back there. Um, Just just huge stuff. Of course, we came into the season saying, oh, well, Zach Ertz, is he still the number one? And then, of course, the injury happened to Zach Ertz. So the Trey McBride, clearly the lead guy. And then, of course, Zach Ertz is out the door. It's Trey McBride in that tight end room. And and they're going to focus heavily uh, around him if they Get another weapon uh, to go next to him that that opens up some opportunities for Trey McBride because right now it kind of it, it was slim pickings there uh, because of of the injuries that went on in the wide receiver room for Arizona. So I mean, looking at Trey McBride, you gotta say what a future he he's got ahead of him and and still very young uh, should be a great next couple of years. Definitely a riser, Brett.
0: Yeah, it's fair. Again, I think that this is going to be a guy that that's going to be going towards the top of these uh, dynasty startup drafts, especially with you know just just in terms of of the tight end position. Yeah,
1: definitely. And I'll take things to my next riser, and it's quarterback. It is Jordan Love, Brett. What a season Jordan Love has had because we came into this year. All right, well, Aaron Rodgers is out the door. Jordan Love, we saw him. I think one or two games a couple of seasons and they weren't great. And we're like, all right, we're a little worried. So were the Packers, they were a little worried. They don't have to be worried. They have their quarterback of the future. He will be there for a while. Jordan love seven top 10 finishes at quarterback. Brett, unbelievable stuff. You, You told me that coming into this year, that just unbelievable numbers. He hasn't finished below quarterback 24 this season. That means he just hasn't had bad games. It's mean he, he that's meant he's been a solid quarterback each and every week and uh just put up solid numbers in Dynasty. He's a solid, he's definitely a super flex option. He has some upside each week of of being a, a top 10 quarterback. So um they definitely have a lot of weapons there for him, of course. they are going to figure things out in the running back room. Of course, Aaron Jones is age getting up there, but he has a ton of wide receivers, two new tight ends uh, who are both very young and and barring injuries. They'll be there for a while. Jordan Love, what what a season it was for him. He's definitely a riser.
0: Yeah, I agree. And another guy who's who's 25 years old. And um, yeah, the top 10 finishes really for me is what stood out and, it really just came down the stretch. And it was a lot of um, you know, question marks here early in the season, and you know, a lot of interceptions that he threw early in the season that kind of led to people even just saying, Listen, we shouldn't have traded Aaron Rodgers and you know, all before the bye week. Bye week hits week six, and it was like, Okay, let's take a reset here. And he looked like a completely different quarterback right after from there, um, finishing top 15 every single week, except for two. And so, yeah, I mean, we're talking about a guy who also is on the fringe of quarterback one. Certainly in Superflex, though, this guy is going to be the man um, as one of your high quarterback twos.
1: Yeah, 100%, Brett.
0: All right, so jumping to my riser here, my final riser, it's Kyron Williams. And Zach, this is a guy that we've spoken about that you own in your league, uh, or in our league. Um, And it's just kind of a guy who, sort of was off the radar and it came at the expense of your, your faller uh, that you'll get to in a little bit. Cam Akers, like this is a guy who literally one week Adam Shafter reported on uh, ESPN. Hey, this guy's going to be the guy They really like him, you know? And all of a sudden it was like, you grabbed him. And then he got a couple carries and then he got a couple more carries and they were like, wait a minute, we have something here. Led into this season, and we were like, "Kyron Williams is this for sure backup." K. makers comes out week one, has a phenomenal week. All of a sudden, they trade him. They they just don't want him anymore. He sits out a week. They give Kyron Williams the ball, and he kind of just goes off. And they were like, "Okay, well, see you later." So all of a sudden, Kyron Williams uh, he gets his couple touchdowns there in the first couple weeks, three touchdowns in the first two weeks, and it was they ship they're shipping out this. This guy that was going to be their starting running back right away, Kyron now 23 years old, um, comes into next year, another guy that's probably going to be picked in the first round of redraft just based on his usage because there's no competition. I don't know that there's going to be any competition. I don't see the uh, Rams going out and grabbing some top-tier running back. I think they're going to keep going with this 23-year-old kid uh, who seems to be this explosive runner.
1: Yeah, Brad, and in, in my mind, bound to happen that he was going to start booming. Uh, of course, you mentioned last year. Yeah, Schefter one day goes, goes, all right, Kyron Williams, he could be the guy, gets a couple of carries, then goes down with an injury. And that kind of yeah. threw a wrench in everything. You're like, oh, well, all right, the injury bug has hit Kyron Williams. So uh, maybe maybe it's not what we thought. All of a sudden this year, you're like, all right, well, maybe he's coming back from injury and he he can boom, they trade Cam Akers, like you said. So, um, bound to happen, and I got a guy for for the future, Brett, because he's been remarkable this season. Just the touchdowns, the workload, everything, he can take all of it. And barring another injury, like this guy is a top 10 running back easily every single week because right now there's there's just no competition. So, it's his backfield and and definitely a, a guy for the future, Brett.
0: All right, let's hear the last riser here.
1: Yeah, and, and mine, it's not really a surprise, this one. Uh, he had a, a great season last year, obviously went down with injury, but he comes back this year. It's Brees Hall. Um, the biggest thing for me about Brees Hall this year was he completely blew a guy like Dalvin Cook out of the water. He. We came into this year, all right, well, Take things a little easy on a guy like Brees Hall. He's coming off the ACL. You don't want to rush him. He didn't care. The first game, Brett, we remember the the long run against Buffalo. Unbelievable that he was coming off an ACL injury and was able to do that in the first game. And he completely solidified himself. If he didn't already after last season, he's the number one guy and another guy who top 10 running back easily. because. I don't know who's competing with a guy like Brees Hall. The workload is going to be insane. And if he did this while the Jets at our expense stunk, Brett, all of a sudden now they're good. When when Aaron Rodgers may come back, this guy's going to be something, Brett, next year. I could probably put him as a top five running back maybe to draft next year. That's how good the workload has been. And in a good offense, this guy's the limit for this guy.
0: seven finishes in the top 10 for him and i believe it was three of those within the top five and so i think yeah i agree this is going to be a guy that's again he's going to be in that probably not the first round in, in redraft probably towards the back end of the second round i would say sort of where we thought he might be last year um you know obviously coming into this a little slid that around uh but probably that back into the second round i think he's gonna end up being in. Uh, in this coming year, in 2024. Yeah, I agree though. As far as the Aaron Rodgers effect, it is real. I think that they're going to go out and try to improve this offensive line. try to go through uh, at receiver as well, uh, which it won't lighten the load, but what it'll do is it'll make it harder for Jets to stop Brees because you won't know when Brees is going to get the ball. Um, Sort of like what we saw with Aaron Jones um, where they had so many receivers that You didn't know when Aaron Jones was going to get the ball. I think that the other thing that I'm really factoring in here is the dump-off passes. We saw a ton of check downs down the stretch here from Brees Hall and really it came down to bad quarterback play because they weren't letting the guy sling the ball. Well, now you take Aaron Rodgers into it. Aaron Rodgers loved, loved to dump the ball off to his tight end and to his running back all the time. If it wasn't there, he was very quick at dumping the ball off to Aaron Jones. Uh, it's really what made the PPR value of Aaron Jones so high. I think that that also now will lead to Brees Hall getting that same amount of love from his quarterback. So I totally agree with it. Um, I think Brees Hall is going to end up being on the Jets here for a long time. Here,
1: yeah, 100% Brett.
0: All right, so now let's jump into some of our followers. we got to start out with the guy who is our honorable mention. Uh, who stayed off of our list, but we both agreed this guy certainly should have been uh, on one of our lists, it was Travis Kelsey. Listen, this was just, it was a very disappointing year for Travis Kelsey in terms of, you know, the tight end spot and, and just in general, we saw the frustration, the helmets flying, um, obviously the, the, not the distraction, I don't know that he was distracted, but the media circus, at least, of Taylor Swift coming to all the games. And um, I, we don't really know what that actually did to him mentally, um, but certainly there was some sort of effect on him in terms of the frustration and the spotlight. I think that the spotlight on, tra- on Travis Kelsey um, was magnified at least these last bunch of games here uh, in the season. And we saw this, we sort of saw that Um you know, and he finished outside the top 20 in five weeks out of the season this past year, and, and the tight end position, I don't think we've ever seen that from him in his entire career. Um, You know, he got banged up in week one, and, and so he missed it. But, you know, outside of a couple good weeks here in week five and six or six and seven, whatever it was, where he finished his number one tight end, like, he didn't have a good year.
1: Yeah, Brett, I mean, I feel like the, the whole – chiefs roster it's kind of like you could say a super bowl hangover um they did have that definitely uh, all season long um a lot of different pieces that they lost in the offseason especially the offensive line that was one of the biggest things for them uh but also drops drops were a huge thing for for the chiefs this year and travis kelsey was part of that um i think looking at at travis kelsey right now is a lot of people are, are going to freak out and be like, oh, well, Kelsey's done. I don't think he's done just yet. I think the cliff that we always talk about, we talk about it a lot for running backs. I think the cliff for a guy like Travis Kelsey is is around there. Like he's he's up there in age, midway through his 30s. We're kind of on the, the down slope. I, I remember, Brett, we talked about it, I, I believe at the beginning of the season. We said a guy like Travis Kelsey, you really couldn't like go up anymore. He was really there. He was at the top. And now we, you can only go down from there. He's started to go down from there. So um, we're kind of seeing that cliff. I think a guy like Kelsey, you'd probably expect a better season, of course, next year. But I don't know if we're still in the range of putting him next to a guy like Justin Jefferson and a guy like, CD lamb or one of those top wide receivers and saying, Oh, well, he's kind of equal to them." I don't know if we're there anymore, Brad. I think, yeah, he's, he could be a, a top tight end, but I don't know if a a middle of the pack first round pick is there anymore for Travis Kelsey.
0: Well, let's see if he could be the top 10 on a top 10 tight end or top five tight end. I'm going to give you some names here. You tell me if you'd rather have this guy or Travis Kelsey. It's startup draft right now, Dynasty. Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta. What about Trey McBride?
1: Uh, I'd still rather have Travis Kelsey.
0: Okay. What about Mark Andrews?
1: I that's a tough one. That's that's a tough one because I'd probably say, even though the injury, I'd probably say a guy like Mark Andrews now because of the age and the offense.
0: Okay. What about Dalton Kincaid?
1: I'd still have Kelsey.
0: What about T.J. Hawkinson?
1: That's that's the tough one there. I'd probably say T.J. Hawkinson, bro.
0: Okay. And what about George Kittle?
1: I that one that one I would probably say Kelsey because of how many weapons there are in center.
0: Okay, so Travis Kelsey still is a top te- uh, top five tight end. You are uh, as, as I just went through um, six or seven of those those guys in there, including Kelsey, and so he places in the top five for you. Um, I agree. I still think that this guy is the top five tight end. Um, you know, I I, I could even argue that he's now the third guy. Um, you know, and, and I don't know that he dropped that far. Obviously, you know, listen, it was disappointing. It just was. I think there's going to be a ton of people that go out and freak out about it, and either trade them away for nothing, trade them away for for peanuts. Uh, we're talking about a guy who's had the premium at his position. He could do nothing. He's still finished in like the top four, you know, a couple of weeks there um, by doing nothing, and, and that just kind of shows where the tight end position has been uh, for a long time. And there's only a couple guys that are in the league currently that even get volume that Travis Kelsey was getting. And so he's still at a premium. And so I would have the advice I would, I would give is if you are a Travis Kelsey owner, let him retire on your roster and try to make other arrangements to get a second guy. So at least you can back up, back up your guy, Travis Kelsey, as he rides off into the sunset. If you are not a Travis Kelsey owner, bother the Travis Kelsey owner so that you could try to buy low on this guy because I think next year is going to be one of those years where listen, they're going to the plus right now. They're going to have to prove it wrong and and go on the road and we're hearing all these things now about the Chiefs. Um, They hear all that. They love all that noise and they've used it as fuel for them to go on some of these runs that they've gone on. I think definitely they're going to go out and get a receiver. You can be sure of that in the offseason whether they draft one or they go and they sign one or they go and they trade for one, there will be a number one receiver on this team next year that isn't named Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice will be the number two. They will go out and get somebody for Patrick Mahomes to throw to that is not named Travis Kelsey and not named Rasheed Rice. That's for sure. And so because of that, I believe that Travis Kelsey next year will have a bounce back season, should still finish as the top three tight end
1: hundred percent. I definitely agree with you. I, what I will say just quickly, I know we've, we've gone a little long on this. I looking at Kelsey, I think the days of drafting Travis Kelsey middle of the first round have fallen because I think there's just so many other weapons at running back and a wide receiver that I'd probably take over Travis Kelsey right now. I know. I think he's going to have a bounce back year. I think he's going to be tight end one next year, Brett. Again, I don't think he's a, a first-round pick anymore in redraft.
0: I agree. I agree a million percent. I think that even heading into this year, it was like when you were picking him in the middle of the first round, I was like, hmm, wait a second. I was in a bunch of drafts, and I was like, hmm, I would have rather had these three guys over here. Um, I understand the commodity of, of the position. Um, the position's changing. It just is. Um, and now we're seeing – Morgan come in, some rookies here. We're going to see another rookie, and we'll break him down, and I'm sure in a couple weeks here, Brock Bowers. Um, It's another who's getting on a high. uh, We've seen even Michael Mayer, who hasn't really caught on yet, but is catching on slowly but surely. I think that that's another guy that uh, caught a lot of hype in in college, and we're going to start to see that target share change a little bit more um, so that he's sharing the ball with Devontae. Definitely, Brett. All right, so let's get into some of these fallers here, and we got to start out here. Austin Eckler, a guy who just listen. We thought that the cliff would come eventually, and then we were like, no, but it's not gonna come this year. It'll come eventually. He's 28. It'll come eventually. Contract year. This is still gonna be a big year for Eckler. We were wrong. We just were. You know, had the first week of the season finished as as a top three running back, and then. Got hurt. He missed two weeks right there, headed into the bye week. Heading out of the bye week, it was awful. They There were two weeks where he finished outside the top 30, followed by three weeks where he finished inside the top 10. He hasn't finished inside the top 10 every single week except for one. Finished one time as number 10 and outside of the top 25 every other week. And so this has just been like the old clip here in the last bunch of weeks for Austin Eckler. Zach, contract year now, 28 years old. Not sure if future hold as far as the Los Angeles Chargers. He obviously asked for a trade heading into the offseason last year. Is this going to be Austin Eckler on the way out here in Los Angeles? I think that's the biggest thing right now, Brett, is he's going to be out of
1: L.A. Like, it's just it's, it's the end of an era. Uh, he's he's going to be out of there. I don't know if he wants to be there anymore. Um, I know they're going to have to figure things out now in terms of coaching and everything. Uh, Got to grab a new one now. So um, all of that, I think Eckler's out the door in L.A. Uh, we We can kind of almost assume that that's just how things are right now. Um, I don't think his days are over as maybe one of those running backs. I think maybe a top three uh, pick in drafts. I think those days are over, but I still think Austin Eckler is one of the, still one of the, uh, one of the most talented running backs in the NFL. Still, I think talent wise, his receptions out of the backfield stand out, and he went on a year last year where. He was trucking through everybody. Like he was a mean power back who can also do a ton of work in the passing game. So all of that, I think Austin Eckler is a, a really solid running back still. And I still think he has a couple of years left. I don't think it's going to be in LA. And there's the question of, do you give up on a guy like Austin Eckler right now? I would say no, because I think the value can't really get too much lower right now, Brett. I think he still has a little bit of value, and he can maybe extend that uh, on a different team next
0: year. I'm going to give you a stat here from 2022. 11 out of his 17 games last year, he finished as a top five running back. Three of those games, he finished as the number one running back. Didn't do that. Pretty much the entire season this year. And and I just gave you the numbers. Um, it just, it was a different Austin Eckler than we were used to seeing. Obviously now here down the stretch, we've seen Isaiah Spiller and they're trying to see what they have in the kid before they head into this offseason. I think that to me, that says Austin Eckler's on the way out and they know it, uh, that he's not going to come back. They need to see what they have in this kid Spiller. Um, and if he can end up being this Kyron Williams type, running back or if they're gonna have to go out and get somebody to pair with them.
1: Yeah, definitely fair, Brett. And and Eckler's just he's those days of the top running back are are probably over now, Brett.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the cliff became now let's get right into the next faller. Zach, bring him up here.
1: And it's Cam Akers, a guy that that you know all too well, Brett. Uh just one of those seasons where you came in saying, wow, all right, he's the number one running back. Oh, all right. Well, we're going to ride with him, and, and maybe we got the running back of the future in L.A., and then everything just went wrong. Of course, the, the ACL, or the Achilles, excuse me, injury, and the quick, quick recovery, you're like, all right, well, he, he's back to normal, and then, of course, he gets traded right away. Kyron Williams takes over as the, the running back in L.A., go to Minnesota and maybe he has a chance there and then another injury. So right now it really just cannot get any lower the value. I think of a guy like Cam Akers, because yes, the age is so young, but how can a team really trust a guy like Cam Akers with those injuries? You're kind of getting into that territory of injury prone. Um, So looking at that, I don't know if a team can trust a running back like Cam Akers right now because of of the injuries. He still has that little bit of burst that you could probably say, oh, maybe he can he can show up somewhere. But definitely from week one of this season, one of the biggest fallers in my mind.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, if you take a look at last year, and it was the final six weeks of the season. He he was all four. And so you had a lot of optimism heading into this season and, you know, heading in a, into this year, it was like, okay, he's the guy turns to like very lightly used change of pace back. Um, really just kind of was okay. He's not going to do anything and he's not going to be his competition and all that. One week comes in 22 carries he had in week one. Didn't do anything with it. He was 29 yards and he scored a touchdown. And that kind of saved his day from a fantasy standpoint. But it didn't save his day from an NFL standpoint. He sat out the next two weeks. Sean McVay ultimately saying, nope, I don't want him. Um, They go right to Kyron and all of a sudden he gets flipped to Minnesota. And now he's competing for snaps. And he was the backup to Alexander Madison. And so never really got a chance to establish himself there. Uh, obviously then tears the Achilles. And so, yeah, we're talking about a guy who I flat out dropped at the end of the year um, with the Achilles injury. And I don't know that um, he's going to be able to – now, granted, it's the other Achilles. So he tore his Achilles one time already. Now he tore the other Achilles. And so he has one on each leg now. But at the same time, I don't know that he's going to be able to come back so effectively and take away the starter job like we saw and forecasted for him in los angeles i think that this is going to lead to you know a very minimal committee role at best here for cam makers
1: 100 brett
0: all right so my next follower here is tony pollard and zach another guy who you know fall from grace here we had a lot of high expectations for tony pollard and it was a guy that um, people were picking at the, even the back end of the first round, we were seeing a ton of people grabbing Tony Pollard. You grabbed him in the first round of one of our redraft leagues. And it just, that was the spot that he was going to be. This was a guy that was on the cover of most fantasy magazines this year. And and um, the expectations were high. Now, listen, there were a couple weeks where we saw Pollard and he finished as a top five back in two weeks. And so, you know, the, the, it was after week one, he played the Giants and you had really high expectations. They won 40 nothing, and he was getting the bulk of the carries and the bulk of the, uh, the targets because they were kind of just hitting with dump offs. And it was like, OK, this is this is OK. This is the Tony Pollard I wanted. Went downhill from there. He finished outside the top 30 uh, in five different weeks down the stretch. And Zach, I mean, this is a guy that now we're heading into next year and he doesn't have a contract. Not sure if they're going to franchise tag him because of the, you know, the production that he did not have this past year. Um, Not that the franchise tag is that high for the position of running back. But I think there's so many free agents this year that the Cowboys have so many options they can get to. They could just use that money to go out and pay Dak Prescott uh, all that money and and get a minimal uh, contract there for a pretty solid running back.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, Brett. It's kind of one of those situations where, oh, well, Tony Pollard is going to be the running back of the future. Zeke's out the door. It's going to be Tony Pollard's backfield. Those were everybody's thoughts. And then all of a sudden you, you heard names, Rico Daddle and Deuce Vaughn. And now recently Hunter Lipke, like just guys taking away from Tony Pollard, who's supposed to be the, the lead guy. I don't think Pollard... um there, there was something off with Pollard this year. Whether he wasn't at hundred percent, just we didn't see the Tony Pollard of of a couple of years ago. Like the yards per carry, I think dropped a full two yards since last year, Brett. So that's the biggest thing. He's getting, a, he was getting somewhat of a, a good workload. He just wasn't making anything of it. And we're talking about Dallas who. Yeah, there's some shakiness on the offensive line, but their offensive line is one of the best in the NFL each and every year. Uh, We talk about them, uh, just a running back's dream to play with an offensive line like Dallas has. And he just did not make the most of his opportunities. Couldn't get things going really in the red zone. I think the Cowboys in general uh, were just horrible in the red zone. That hurt Tony Pollard. It's an interesting story heading into the offseason because they you you said it. They could go out and get another guy and just pay Dak and, and give that money away. And and Pollard's just left there with with nothing, really.
0: And don't think that they also won't go out and draft a guy. I mean, the the Cowboys, you know, knock here incoming knock on the Cowboys. The Cowboys love to draft big name guys. And so there's a couple big name running backs that are coming out of the Big Ten right now that are going to be in this draft. Um, you know, and so whether one of them ends up on the Cowboys, uh, and they roll with Rico Dowdle slash whoever the drafted guy is slash whoever the free agent they bring in is, and and they kind of go by committee the way the rest of the league has gone. Like, I think that's a pretty good possibility here. The way that that, that offense is rolling the way that that line is built.
1: Yeah, definitely. Brad, I'll take us to our my next rot, uh my next faller, excuse me, um, and it's a guy that definitely fell from from maybe the start of the year. Some people had better expectations. It's Kyle Pitts, and the expectations, yeah, they they were a little bit better. The, they were like, okay, well, yeah, it was a, a really bad year last year. Can only really go up from there. And he kind of just he had a couple of good weeks here and there. He did increase from last year but he's nowhere close to when they drafted Kyle Pitts and we thought, oh, this guy's going to be the tight end. He's going to be the next Travis Kelsey. Like, We've seen none of that, Brad. Um, I think a lot of that has to go to the play calling and how this offense is run. And don't get me started on a guy like Arthur Smith. But uh, for Kyle Pitts, I think it's really bad territory right now uh, for where a lot of people drafted him maybe right when he came out in dynasty. Uh, It's just not lived up to it at all. Uh, And I think they could maybe get him going next year, but we're talking about now maybe the contracts are coming and where do things stand? Is he staying in Atlanta? We get into that territory right now. And it's a little worrying for a guy like Kyle Pitts because obviously the expectations were so high. When he came in, I don't know if if he's a guy that you're, you're taking as a tight end one going into next year, just based on he hasn't proven that he can be a tight end one in fantasy, Brett.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that um, if I'm going to make a bold prediction here, it's that Kyle Pitts next season in 2024 will score four touchdowns. And the reason I make that prediction is that 2021, he scored one. 2022, he scored two. This year, 2023, he scored three. So then next year, he's got to score four. Um, I Just listen, it's been a whirlwind for Kyle Pitts owners uh, over these last couple years here. I think that by now, everybody kind of knows the drill. And um, most owners have gone out and gotten a replacement for Kyle Pitts. And now you have a guy rolling alongside Kyle Pitts. You're not just relying on Kyle Pitts entirely um, because I don't know that you can Um, as long as Arthur Smith is the coach there, that whole system is not going to be what we want it to be as fantasy owners of guys like Kyle Pitts, guys like Drake London. Um, you know, as as soon as the quarterback situation gets figured out, the system gets figured out. Uh, I think that Kyle Pitts will have a good career. He's a very talented player can catch the ball in the middle of just this huge crowd of people. Um, like that ability is not denied at all. I just think that the way that the system is built around him, it's not built for him. It's built for a guy like B. John Robinson. Um, and obviously they went out and got B. John Robinson, which is a perfect fit in there. Uh, they can dump it off to their guy as well as, you know, utilize him in the rush. We saw the success, that Cordero Patterson had the previous season um, in that sort of role. And so, Yeah, I think that as far as a Kyle Pitts owner, it's another guy you can try to go out and buy low, um, but you better better have a guy alongside him uh, if you're going out and getting Kyle Pitts. I wouldn't go out and get him if you don't have any tight end that's a reliable one.
1: Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing I'll say about Kyle Pitts is the talent is, of course, there, and that's why they drafted him. So keep believing on that. He's still so insanely young, Brett, so... Uh, a ton of time, you could say, still in the NFL that he, he can make the most of. Um, so whether that's in Atlanta or on a different team, as a guy, yeah, you can probably buy low, but there's also – you can probably hold on to him and just hope and pray that one day it, he figures it out.
0: Yep. And so now for my final faller, this is a guy who, coming into the off season. Hopes were very, very high for this guy, and it just crumbled into pretty much nothing. It's Trey Lance. This is a guy who I picked in the third round, I believe it was, in our startup draft heading into last season um, as he was going to be the heir to the throne of Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. Obviously, he plays one game in a monsoon. He gets hurt in the next game in the first quarter. Um, out for the year, they go back to Jimmy G, Jimmy G gets hurt. The rest is history. Brock Purdy comes in, um, and leads them to a magical run and Trey, it looked like he was going to maybe get some reps there with the first team. And he got reps all summer, all spring long, all summer long. And then Purdy came back, uh, and basically stole the job from him and he won the job fair and square. Uh, it seemed like Shanahan wanted Purdy to be the guy just based off of the, the intangibles that he saw. And obviously, now looking back on it, the talent that he saw uh, for a guy who was picked last in the draft. They ship Trey Lance out to Dallas. They don't get a huge return for him. They quickly come out to the media and proclaim him as the wrong decision. Um, and Trey Lance basically was the third quarterback on the Cowboys all season. Did not. Sp- Dressed for one game outside of being the emergency quarterback uh, for one game this season. And so to me, this is the ultimate bust of all busts uh, fallers for this season in dynasty. He takes the cake. He wins. Um, it's a guy that people were picking in the top 10 of dynasty rankings and he has fallen outside the top 30. Um, now we're kind of unsure of what's going to happen here in the, in the, near future, whether he ends up staying here in Dallas where he is now and being the backup to Dak Prescott um, while Dak, per- Dak Prescott gets paid or if uh, they decline his fifth-year option and then ship him elsewhere. Now, listen, there's a ton of teams that are going to miss on quarterbacks this year that would love to have Trey Lance. Um, you know, We talked about the Vikings as one of those potential landing spots like last year. I still think that that's the sort of team that might say, hmm, listen, this could be an interesting case if we don't want to bring – or if we want to bring back Kirk Cousins and he's 35 coming off a torn Achilles, might be a solid backup. We obviously saw Nick Mullins, Jaron Hall, um, Josh Dobbs. Like They tried to run through everybody. Um, maybe this is a guy that potentially they can go after now, get him for basically nothing, and he can sit in there as the backup with the potential to actually come in and play meaningful football games. Um But, yeah, as far as Trey Lance's value goes, if you have him right now, you're not thrilled. I'm not thrilled. I have him. I'm not dropping him, though. Um, This is a guy who I still think has the talent of a third pick, never really got the opportunity. This is not like a Josh Rosen uh, situation where Josh Rosen sat as the starter for the entire season, did nothing, and then they said, okay, well, see you later. We're going to bring in Kyler Murray. And then uh, he just kind of didn't stick anywhere else, Josh Rosen. Like, this is a kid who is – talented and the talent is there hasn't gotten the opportunity anywhere we'll see if somebody takes a chance on him here in the offseason
1: yeah Brett I mean you you basically said it all there I think Trey Lance looking at it right now um you're not dropping him I don't think a lot of people should drop him I still think it especially in in super flex dynasty we're talking about specifically um or two quarterback like it's a guy to hold on to because an opportunity could come up somewhere unless there's some guy on the waiver wire that, that, you know, okay, he's going to be the quarterback of the future. I wouldn't be dropping a guy like Trey Lance just yet.
0: Yep. Completely agree here.
1: Yeah. So I'll I'll take things to my final faller. And it's a guy that you uh, have said a lot about in the past and he's on your, your do not draft ever list. And now you've got a pretty good reason for it. It's Miles Sanders, who came into this year with a really nice contract from the Carolina Panthers. Uh, It was coming off a really good year with Philadelphia, uh, where he clearly was the number one and and just got a lot of things going. um, And had a lot of eyebrows raised of, wow, Miles Sanders is really good and he could be a number one. And now he's the number two on a team that has one win this season or two wins this season. Like unbelievable uh, that Miles Sanders has dropped as far as he has. Chuba Hubbard is now clearly the number one in Carolina. I think Miles Sanders could work his way back to be the number one in Carolina. I don't know how quickly the Panthers are really going after that uh, because they have something in Chuba Hubbard who's, Been really solid so far this season and and has paired well with the young quarterback in Bryce Young. And you don't really want to go away from that if it's working for your franchise and number one pick uh, quarterback in Bryce Young. So uh, Miles Sanders, this is a complete downfall uh, from what you expected heading into this season. And I think he's just going to stick there as the backup for, for the next couple of years, Brett, if he doesn't leave.
0: Yeah, I could have told you this two years ago. This is a guy that uh, I picked in 2021. He was on my team. He scored zero touchdowns the entire season, and to me, it was like, okay, I'm never drafting this guy ever again. Plain and simple, he's just not going to be. He's not going to be that guy when they get down to the goal line. And obviously, then the following year, kind of was the opposite. And they were only giving him the ball at the goal line. Um, you know, fast forward to this year. He's obviously on a completely different team. He gets paid as the highest free agent running back. And just like you said, he got outplayed right away uh, by Chuba Hubbard and did not do very well at all. Finished inside the top 15 only one time, or inside the top 20 even, one time. And that was in week three against Seattle where he had 24 carries um, or nine carries for 24 yards, scored a touchdown. But other than that week, it – it was not good at all. He finished outside the top 50 pretty much every week. Um, this is a guy who, you know, listen, he's 26 and he obviously still has the contract. He's not going anywhere. They, It's sort of, uh, you know, a cut proof contract a little bit based on the way that the bonus structure ended up working. So they will, they would have to pay him all of his money up front, basically uh, if they did want to get rid of him. So he's probably going to be on the team next year. Certainly not going to be the number one guy. Um, Likely more as a two or three, uh, depending on what they do here. And listen, it, it is not uh, a great situation out there right now in Carolina anyway. Um, as we've spoken about most weeks, uh, they don't have their first round pick. And I think that that's uh, a very important part here. They have a ton of cap space. They're going to go after some free agents, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, listen, that owner throwing the fan, throwing the drink at the fan this week, it was not a good look um we don't know what happens in between behind the closed doors and all that um but players notice that kind of stuff players notice who their owner is the person that they are working for uh each and every day and busting their all for each and every day um I think that a lot of players were definitely bothered by that
1: yeah definitely Brett and and you said it uh I, I agree with you um and not not great times right now in Carolina
0: all right so uh so that's it so a bit of a shorter episode for us here uh next week zach we're going to break down some of our off-season buy lows guys that you should go out and trade for that we think the value will go up next year so that when we do this exercise and uh they will end up on our risers of uh 2024
1: yeah brett excited for it happy new year to our our viewers of course and uh Can't wait for for this offseason. We got a a lot of episodes coming, so I'm really
0: excited for it. Yeah, excited. The thumbs up. And in the words of Aaron Rodgers, the night is darkest before the dawn. We shall rise yet again. Signing off for Zach Malmut. I'm Brett Malamut here on the Third Round Reversal Fantasy Football Podcast. We will catch you guys next week.